Hello, and welcome to the Five Core Life Podcast with Will Moore, founder of More Momentum. If you're not already, please make sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. You get notified when episodes air every week. In today's episode of the Five Core Life, host Will Moore sits down with Jen Duplessis, an influencer, keynote speaker, and podcast host to discuss the future of the economy, investing, and where to put your money. Jen and Will analyze the madness of the real estate and stock market, and if when we're in a bubble or not, gamifying your habits to build momentum towards happiness, and her top two healthy habits she's developed that have transformed her life. A little bit more about Jen. Jen Duplessis believes that you can live your legacy while building it, that when you work on purpose, you can play with passion. Jen helps sales professionals who are overwhelmed, stressed out, and sabotaging their personal lives for the sake of business to multiply results in record time and have the courage to say yes to their personal lives. During 15 of her 37-year career in the mortgage industry, Jen has been listed on the top 1% of loan officers nationwide, spending three years in the top 200 of nationally ranked originators, and has funded over a billion dollars in mortgage loans. She's recognized as an influencer industry and a best-selling author, top podcast host, and charismatic speaker. Sharing stages with such icons as Darren Hardy, Tony Robbins, and Barbara Corcoran. Today, Jen is passionate about empowering her coaching students to achieve professional and personal breakthroughs so they can stop daily chaos to get calm in their life and business. She's appeared on Good Morning America, Sirius and XM Radio, Voice America Radio, to name a few. Jen has also been featured in publications of the Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, and is a regular contributor for Mortgage Executive Magazine and Mortgage Women Magazine. Are you ready to fire on all cylinders? If so, let's go. Everyone has the same five core areas of their life that ultimately determine how happy they'll be. Unfortunately, most of us have developed failure habits in each, and it's Will Moore's mission to help replace those with success habits to maximize momentum. After exiting his business for a combined nine-figure sum, Will learned it's not just about becoming an entrepreneur of your career, but an entrepreneur of the most important business you'll ever run, your life. And to crush it in your life requires firing on all cylinders in your five cores by continually taking action, building habits, and maintaining balance in each. Tell us, first of all, a little bit about yourself and what you specialize in and how you can help people in this time in history. In history. Well, first of all, um, thank you so much for having me. I'm trying to get myself at a better angle here. I, I don't know what's going on. But, um, you know, I, um, so I'm not in lending anymore. So I want to make sure everybody knows that I'm not a licensed lender. I haven't been for the last uh, three and a half years. I retired after having, you know, 100 years, <laughs> 35 years in the business and being in the top 200 loan officers in the country. So um, and now what I do is I help other salespeople, loan officers and realtors, but all salespeople um, accomplish what I did, you know, just to try to be able to to accomplish more. But um, I was listening to you on what you were saying, you know, I'm all over Bitcoin. Love Bitcoin's another one, right? That, yeah, so tell me, you, tell me your take on Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> well, my take is my son, who is an options trader, told me no, don't do it, and then I found out he did it, and um, and I was like, well, what the heck? Why aren't you telling me? So I'm buying um, a whopping thirty dollars a day. Um, which is silly, but I'm buying like 0.00003% of one every day. Um, but the key, what he was telling me about uh, that I didn't even think about, I said, well, I'll just do like 500 a month or something. And he said, yeah, but then you're buying it on that day, whether it's high or low. So 
Yeah, no, that's, that's good advice, actually. Yeah, so I just have an auto thing, and I get a notification every day. So I'm buying Bitcoin. I, I don't know. We'll see. It's gone up. There's no doubt. Um, so that's good. That part's good. Um, real estate, I think, is, you know, it's kicking butt. I mean, we have a just a quick little side story. We have a $1.2 million house, and I just, you know, we Airbnb our house because I have a lot of Airbnbs as well. And I kind of just floated up some of the pictures saying, hey, coming soon, a little farm at, um, it's time for us to right size. And we got over 70 people wanting to come into this house. I mean, wow. I'm from 21 acres in the middle of nowhere. And people are like, can we come today? Can we come today? So we were like, oh, I don't know if we want to sell. But then at the same time, we're like, maybe we should, you know? Well, right. That, thus the quandary of any, any real estate transaction is is you know and i always say i say the same thing with the stock market um you know pigs get fat hogs get slaughtered as they say they say there's a term i it's not a very uh, it's not a very pretty term but it, it, the way that it ties to essentially you know trying to time the market trying to be like oh at the very top like whether it's stock market real estate market you're going to probably end up getting burned versus, you know, do it when you're like, if you're ready to sell or, or if, if it makes sense, and you're like, you know, what, we're probably pretty high. Things might correct, you know, to me, as long as you have like a plan B and an actual like, oh, okay, we're happy to move. But if you like where you live and you're happy, I'd say keep it. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because we've kind of, you know, we, we bought at the peak of the market when we bought in 2004 and then, of course, the big, you know, the great recession came and the value just plummeted. And now it's back up again. And we're saying, gosh, you know, do we really want to if, if that market were? And by the way, my prediction is that we are at the peak. We're going it's not a bubble, by the way. That word has to be eliminated because the same situation doesn't play into a bubble right now. But right. Um, but we are at the peak. And so we thought, you know, if we sell now and if, if it does drop off, we may be stuck here another 10 years. And we're not young anymore. You know, we're 57 and we're it's a lot of work. The big house is 6,000 square feet on 21 acres. And, you know, it's just it's a lot of work. And we just want to right size. So, you know, I think that's one of the great things. And, you know, talking about your the five core, right, is that, um, you know, to be able to sell when we don't need to sell, I think is important. Um, it's where we're going to go, you know, what we're going to do in the meantime, and maybe float the market a little bit until things do drop. And then we, we buy what we, you know, want for retirement. So um, that's sort of our strategy, but, but also yeah. the, the strategy is also that we're buying investment property left and right right now, because it's just so easily available. You are. Okay. So yeah, let's, let's definitely talk about that. Um, are we officially moving on from Bitcoin? I don't know if we've given it enough justice. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, I don't know enough about Bitcoin. I just know that uh, I'm dabbling in it to get part of to be part of it. Uh, you know, my son gained enough in Bitcoin that he sold it off at, at a peak or when it dropped or something. And he gave away a Tesla as part of a marketing campaign for his company. So he used Bitcoin to be able to give away a Tesla. I mean, yeah, I, I know. <laughs> listen, to, here's all right, everybody's got a Bitcoin story, right? So here's an yeah. interesting one. Um, a friend of mine from I'm from Orlando, Florida, Winter Park, Florida. A friend of mine way back when it was just coming out, um, she actually got into it and 
was having her clients pay her with Bitcoin. And this is when it was like pennies. Wow. She yeah. is a gazillionaire now. She never sold. She never sold. Um, yeah. Gazillionaire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's truly. When you say that, people tell me all the time, is that a word? <laughs> gazillionaire. It's a word. It's yeah. A word. Yeah. If it's not. Yeah, well, it, he it's did not. the same thing. Yeah. I think he's got like 700 Bitcoin. 700 Bitcoin. Oh, wow. Yeah. That would be nice. That would be nice, yeah. right? Yeah, like you said, now you're, you know, you're happy to buy fractions of a penny of it. Um, yeah. Bubble, you know, right. So it ties into this whole, let's, we can talk about kind of the whole bubble thing, you know, because you're a real estate agent, you, you know, you get that side of it. You've seen, you've seen the crashes. So I remember, right, the, the, what was the 2007 one? That was, that was a doozy. What other one, what other, was there one in 80s? Was it 87? Was that, was that one? Uh, was that 90... just the stock market? Yeah, no, no, 87, well, it was, yeah, uh, October of 87 was that, and but it hit the real estate market around 90, 91 is when it finally trickled down to everybody else, um, but I'm not a real estate agent, so I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I'm just a real estate investor, you know, and, uh, right. you know, I just know that, unfortunately, because of what's happening with COVID and because of job loss and things like that, forbearance is causing an issue. Uh, because we're experiencing all of that, we are, um, you know, it's a great time for real estate, age, I mean, for real estate investors. And I hate saying that, but, but it is. I mean, you have to be prepared when that comes around. And uh, so what we've been doing is we've been buying properties outright and then uh, holding the note and reselling it, um, not buying it to the individual, but buying it outright and then uh, just reselling it, you know, with no money down or very, very little money down. Um, and we're only talking about 15000 to $30,000 houses that in other areas go for a hundred and in yet other areas go for 300000 So we're just buying little houses and you know, letting people move into them and uh, just holding the note on it. And we've bought, I think, six or seven since last September. Um, and that's our strategy right now because the other properties aren't quite ready to go on the market. There's still enough of a hot market that if you're in a pickle, you can sell your house pretty quick. Uh, yeah. These are in a more outlying areas where that market isn't as hot. So where, so yeah, so I was, was going to say, you kind of contradicted yourself, but now, now I'm understanding where in the beginning you're saying, I think we're kind of in a bubble of things are going to go down, but then you're saying you're buying property still. So you're saying that there's still opportunities just depending on where you're looking. Um, yeah. But obviously there's certain areas you want to stay away from. So what are those areas and where are the opportunities are? Oh yeah. Well, so like we're buying in Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Tennessee, Indiana, you know, these are areas, you know, with investing, um, you know, if you can get cash flow and appreciation, that's awesome. But most of the time when you're buying a property, you're going to get one or the other. You have to make a decision. You're either going to buy a Manhattan and let the value go up and you're not going to have cash flow, but you're looking for the equity or you're going to buy in a place like Pennsylvania where it has the cash flow is incredible, but the values of the homes are still you know, to me back in the seventies, right? They're just very, right. very low. There's no appreciation or anything. So we've bought in those areas where the values haven't gone up. So you don't see that, that market frenzy that's going on everywhere else. So you're not seeing that market frenzy. And so they've lost their jobs and there aren't, 
there aren't buyers coming in to buy. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's uh, what's allowed for us to be able to get in there because these properties are going into foreclosure. And so we're able to, you know, pick them up through the banks and stuff. In other areas, like where I live, I live in the richest county in the United States of America, the w most wealthy county in the United States of America in Loudoun County, right outside of Washington, D.C. And um, you can't, I mean, again, like I said, a $1.2 million house that this house, you know, in Indiana would sell for probably 300000 <laughs> But 1.2 million and you have 70 people that just respond to a post that you do, a post, not even putting it on the market, right? That This market's not ready for investors to come in because the competition's so, you know, big, unless you're going to pay cash for something. But right. I wouldn't be doing that because it's at the top of the market. I'm going right. to wait a little longer to let a little more of what's happened kind of penetrate the market, have it slowed down a little bit, and then that's when to go in. But be prepared as an investor. Get your ducks in a row so that you're ready to ready to strike when the time is right. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day just in terms of, you know, just bubbles, stock market, real estate market. You know, it's like, it's been a painful, the, the whole, like, okay, this is coming to an end, I'm gonna wait. If you if you said that four or five years ago, when a lot of people on a typical normal cycle, it's, you know, it goes up and then, but this last really 11 years, it's just done this, right? And, you know, I know a lot of people are kicking themselves and they're regretting it. And then there's that whole FOMO, yeah. you know, the whole fear of loss, hope of gain and, and say, oh, I just gotta get in. And, you know, you just, you hate to see people that get in at the very top. And when they're like, oh, all right, because that's, it's when everybody just jumps in, you know, that's when, that's when it always goes the opposite direction, right? When, when, when the last yeah. naysayers are saying that have said, no, it's too overpriced, it's too overpriced. When they start going in, that's when there's trouble. Because <laughs> then yeah, it's like. Yeah, I, I know, I know. And that's, isn't that what Warren Buffett always says is go the opposite direction of everybody else and, and, um, you know, you're right. I mean, everyone, I, I hear a lot more investors. I'm on Clubhouse too, right? And a lot of investors are on there saying, you know, now's time to buy, now's time to buy. I do think it is in certain markets and with certain strategies, but I don't think it's quite the time to buy in other markets with other strategies. Um, this is not the time to buy a fix and flip, you know, unless you can turn it in two days, because if it's going to take you 60 days, you might be holding on to that property you're taking a big right. loss. Well, and we've been only talking about res that's exactly right. I agree with that. Um yeah. and we're only talking about residential. I mean, the whole commercial side is is insane. I'm so glad going up. I'm not in that space because right, yeah. well, it's a tale of two two sides, right? You've got all of that, you know, the um the 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 what do you like the mall what do you call it when it's like malls maybe what's that? Multifamily? Are you saying? What do you no, mean? Uh, like the well, the ones that are suffering and are really hurting, which is the uh, the office, office buildings and the mm -hmm. and like you know strip malls and and mall, yeah. like what what is that Retail. called? Retail. Retail and mm -hmm. and um and then whatever for the workforce, right? I'm in Chicago. Yeah. I live in a suburb. I mean, it is an ex mass exodus of companies yeah. right now that are just getting no brick and mortar yeah no brick and mortar everyone. no brick and mortar really other yeah. than but then the side where there is the brick and mortar, it's like the companies like amazon and you know uh, the 
the industrial and, and places yeah. that are providing these things that we all still need, they're killing it. And that's still doing very well. And I think they're going to continue to do well. Yeah. Um, well, and I also see a conversion. There's, and I predicted this, and not, not like I'm the only one, but I, I kept saying, you know, what are they going to do with these commercial buildings? And I had said this some time ago, actually in Northern Virginia, because Amazon decided to make this one of our headquarters or whatever. And the problem is where they decided to have the headquarters is very expensive, like a, a little one bedroom condo, um, one bedroom, one bath condo rents for like $3,000 a month. Well, how are you going to get the uh, blue collar workers that come into Amazon to be able to live in that area? And so the commute is going to be terrible. Well, we already have the worst traffic around. Then you have, you know, the outline isn't cheap either, but the, just to travel in is going to be very expensive. And I said, well, what are they going to do with all those? Why are they building a new building, first of all, instead of just going into another building, building a whole new building? And I thought, okay, you know what they could do is they could convert all of that commercial into apartments. That's what they should be doing. And we're actually seeing that happen now in the Airbnb space where multifamily is being converted into individual Airbnbs instead of the individual single family home being converted into Airbnb. So that's becoming something that's very, very popular. Of course, it depends on whether or not the county is going to allow it and, you know, and all of that. Right. But I really see a conversion. It used to be that we converted apartments to condos. And they were condo conversions. Now I think we're going to convert commercial to condos. I agree to a certain extent. So here's what I'm thinking. So like, for instance, like Chicago, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. it's, huge. it's one of the biggest cities, one of the top, top three, right? And you look at all these people living there. A lot of them are living there because of the convenience of being able to just go to work and be right there versus somebody that lives here in Evanston, you've got an hour, 45 minutes to an hour commute each way. You got to get on a train. It's a pain in the butt, right? Right. So right. then you go, well, are that many people still going to want to live there if all of these businesses are exiting? And then, so that's when the question really gets interesting and you're kind of like, Hmm, what is going to go into those spaces? I, you know, our city's going to die. Um, or, or, or is something else going to become the next big thing? I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it was funny. I was on the, I was on a uh, mastermind call with uh, George. I can't pronounce, I can't pronounce his last name, but anyway, he, he was the previous uh, attorney general for Nevada. Mm -hmm. And he was telling us about this investment that he's in. He's in a lot of businesses and investments and, he said, you know, that um, there this thing called a ghost kitchen. And this is the first time I'd heard of it. I said, a ghost kitchen? What's that? You know, and what's happening is that his company and I, the company that he's the CEO of is um, like a high end uh, subway. So it's like subway firehouse. And then this high end, I can't think of it, Caparelli or something. And what they're doing is they're moving to ghost kitchen. So they have the technology that a, um, robot dunks the chicken and does all the, it does everything. And you simply do a Grubhub order and it's never even prepared by a human. It's prepared by an, um, a, a robot that puts it in a box and then a human comes and picks it up in the Grubhub or somehow it will be put into a driveless car, right? A, a driverless car and delivered to your home, right? 
So all of that conversion is starting to happen. So now businesses are saying, you know, hey, instead of a 1500 square foot kitchen, now all I need is a 300 square foot kitchen to put this technology in and it can do the same thing, you know, to deliver. So I think if, if people are going to be in the city, um, there's more uh, obviously deliverables there than there are, you know, for outlying country or uh, counties and things like that. Um, I think that's going to be something as he was talking about it, we were like, wow, this is, this is going to be big. This is huge. And like truck drivers, um, there'll be truck drive uh, driverless trucks that are delivering things to us. And um, I mean, I guess the best thing about it is we are all saying, you know, we're going to run out of land, but I don't think we're going to run out of land anymore because everyone's going to be sitting in their own home and we don't need to go to work, you know, and don't need to have that. Right. I mean, you know, right. You were saying, yeah, and the Airbnb is something I never got into, but I think it's a great, it's a great thing. Right. I mean, um, if you're saying you do that and you have this this huge acreage you know out in the middle like that's that's what people now are like wait i want that i want 22 acres out somewhere away from people it's just the opposite you, you know the, over the past yeah. however many years since industrialization right it's all been like trying to move as close to the as possible yeah now you know going the other way right it'll be interesting how it plays out in the technology right with the self-driving cars and you know i i think that uh, we're going to get to a point very soon where people don't even own cars. It's just you hit a button and a driverless car comes up, picks you up, and takes you to where you need to go. Think about it. Like, why would you need to deal with the parking? And other than it's going to be hard for some people to want to give up their cars because people love their cars, right? Yeah, well, it'll take a long time. I mean, look, we still have we still have 1900 cars, right? Cars from the 1900s still on the road. So it's going to take yeah. some time before someone does it. You know, and I guess the question is, is the technology coming in? And I asked George just too. I said, you know, we base everything on satellite here. We're satellite driven. You know, everything that we have is satellite because we don't have underground cable or anything. We're too far out in the, in the country. And he said, well, the new administration is going to make sure everybody has underground cable. And so that's supposed to be something that the Biden administration is looking into, you know, in the next year and a half. He said, by 18 months, you will have uh, what everybody else has, you know, in the outlying areas. And I said, really, that's pretty aggressive. I don't know, you know, if that's going to happen, because for me, I can't even have pizza delivered. So while you're sitting in or people that are sitting in a city, you know, during COVID are saying, oh, my gosh, we're trapped in our house. We can't go anywhere. And of course, I can walk anywhere I want. Right. Right. But I can't have food delivered. So we have to go to the grocery store <laughs> to get food. You poor so, thing. I know. Well, I mean, but it makes us subjected to things, you know, by having to go because we can't I have know. it delivered. Yeah. So this reminds me. Okay, this is really a neat conversation I had with my four and a half year old son yesterday. He watched <laughs> the movie The Croods. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's a Pixar movie. It's basically it's it's cavemen. Um, okay. You know, like the Disney Pixar, but set in cavemen. Oh days. yeah, okay. And yeah. his little mind started. His wheels started going and turning, and, and he started asking me. He's in the why phase. Why this? Why that? What? And mm -hmm. and it can get a little bit. Um, we'll say frustrating at times, but I, I just want to give him that knowledge. And I don't ever want to be like, look, you're bothering me, kid. <laughs> Stop asking. Right, right. So, so he was asking a zillion questions. So, you know, cavemen, they, so they lived in caves and, and they didn't have the lights like we have, and they didn't have the, the cause he's learning about all about electricity and right. lately. And so, yeah, I was like, yeah, 
I was like, they don't have any of that. They didn't have any of that stuff. And they sat in little dark caves and they, you know, if they wanted to get warm, they had to make a little fire. And if that's where they wanted light at night, they didn't have toys. They used rocks and sticks for toys. And I just saw on his face, just the like, wow. And again, as I'm saying this, I'm telling him, you are so fortunate to be able to have all these toys and to be able to have this warm, you know, we're sitting in our warm house as it's 18 degrees outside. Um, you know, and, and we're about to get it, his bath time for night. You get to get this warm bath. These, no, they didn't have that. Every for, day if you want it. Yeah, every right. day if you want it. Yeah. And he's like, oh, so they didn't have cookies? And then he's all in the treats right now, right? So they didn't have cakes and they have cookies. Right. Like, no, they didn't have any of that stuff. And if they wanted to eat something, right. they had to go out and they had to hunt it and kill it. And he's like, hunt it? What do you mean? He's like, what are they wearing? And, uh, you know, I had to get into it. Well, that, they wore the animal skin. They didn't, they couldn't go to the store and buy clothing. And, you know, here we are now, you and I having a conversation about like, oh, man, I can't, you know, and I know you're not complaining, but that's why I made a joke. Oh, poor you yeah. about, you know, we have come to expect so much. And it's like, mm -hmm. if you can't get anything you want with a click of a button within an hour, you're like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> and then you, but you look how crazy of a journey as, as homo sapiens, humans, you know, maybe there's a little Neanderthal in there mixed in whatever it is, um, have taken from the, our beginnings to now, where it's like, we get frustrated because we can't get what we want with a click of a button. It's kind of crazy. But in the grand scheme of things, the whole happiness thing makes sense when you look at our happiness is actually going down. And you would think like, wait, what do you mean? Because all this technology, I mean, now we can get anything we want and life's easier. But the problem is we're, by reducing that friction, you're doing less, you're expecting life to come to you. you it's kind of promoting that victim mindset of um, I can have anything I want by just clicking a few buttons versus the whole learning how to get that in personal integrity of, okay, I'm going to make a commitment to doing something and I'm going to make sure I do it no matter what. Like if I want a glass of milk, all right, I got to go out and I got to milk the cow and then I got to, you know, and now <laughs> it's like, okay, I'll just hit a button and, and, and there's a lot to be said for what that's doing to our brains. And studies are, you know, coming out and, and it's, we're starting to see it. But, I mean, the World Happiness Report, I mean, it's, we're going down. And yeah, yeah well, there's more loneliness, you know. And, I mean, we have five generations now all working together. It's the most generations that we've had working at one time. And there's such a disconnect from you know, the silent generation or the builders all the way to the Gen Ys. And Gen Ys, you know, statistically they've shown as the loneliest generation that we're experiencing right now, you know, because they are, um, they're t the high end is 25, obviously the low end are, you know, like your, your child, my grandkids, you know, the same thing. And, but they're the loneliest generation, which is why we have now a higher suicide rate for young kids because the, the FOMO, the, all the social media that's coming out and saying, you know, that my life is better than your life and everybody's gauging against each other. And, um, right. and, you know, that's one of the things I really like about what you do and, and about what I do, you know, my whole practice is on lifestyle business mastery, you know, to be, have that quality lifestyle first, live your legacy while you're building it. Don't go out and build it and then hope you have it. Um, and, and I think there's a big disconnect in those generations uh, for the because they're the true digital generation, right? They they came on here full digital, um, and we're about ready to have another tech tsunami that's just going to blow us all away, you know. And we've all seen the charts 
you know, for what we've gained in the last 10, 20 years over the past 300 years, you know, and, and what we've gained, but we're about ready to have another tech tsunami and it's all related because we had to accelerate everything during COVID, you know, the, the drone delivery, the, the uh, computers, right. you know, it's the robots. That's exactly right. So, and sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, I, no, you just hit on a point. We, we sped up in, to my, in my, in my mind, it was a, it was a outdated broken system that was was perpetuating itself because that's all people knew and it was it's very hard to change a system right like so you live in evanston illinois where i live you you work downtown you commute that's what people have been doing right but yeah. then you look at it and you're like okay i spent two hours of my day commuting uh when i'm at the office i'm chatting you know i'm, I'm, I'm productivity goofing. maybe i'm productive for three yeah. hours a day and then you go wait a yeah. minute i can be at home spend three hours, get the same amount of done, and then have the other five, six hours to do whatever I want to, to improve my life, to physical, go to the gym, go play golf, go spend time with friends. I mean, that's the game changer. And that wouldn't have happened without COVID. So that's definitely right. the Well, the it's bright not star. what it did to us. It, what it, it's what it did for us. And, you know, and, and I think it was a massive universal reset, you know, of – yeah. Um, you know, just everybody moving and shaking and, and you know, self-centered and, and all of that into, whoa, whoa, hang on. Is this what life is really about? And the relation, you know, yes, there's a lot of, there's a lot more abuse. There's a lot more um, uh, divorce and things like that. But the flip side of that is that families have come together. Children have connected with their, their uh, parents, which they may not have connected. They may have, may have been uh, raised by iPhones. And now they that's exactly have right. to be raised by iPhones. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's exactly right. So, there, you know, right. And there's, there's, there's pluses and minuses to everything. You know, in one sense, I think people probably develop, you know, life's all about habits. I'm always talking about. And, and uh, you know, I, you and I have talked about habits, the importance of them. We are our habits. Our habits are us. You know, our habits kind of form who we are. And a lot of people, I think, being at home have gotten developed the habit even more so to be on their phone. Um, and so it's like tech's not inherently evil. It's how you're using it. Like you said, so are you, you know, if you use zoom to like talk with your parents that you haven't, you know, been seeing or whatever, and our family members or whatever, that's great. But if you're just spending, you know, all this time on social media, just going down the rabbit hole, comparing yourself to other people, why does she have this? I wish, you know, then that, then that's when you start to get in trouble. So you just got to take that 10,000 foot view, step back and sort of go, okay, how am I using this technology, we're in the middle of this revolution, like you just said, that's just going to keep skyrocketing. You need to check yourself now before it gets, because before you know it, I, it you're going to, it's so easy to develop the habit of, of, you know, for me, for instance, like reading the news when, when Trump was in the administration, thank God that's, that's coming to an end. Cause I think I'm going to just take a, a breather from politics for a while, but I found myself just not being able to help myself to look at these articles and read them every morning. Yeah. And I would start, I caught myself and I'd, luckily I, I figured it out fairly earlier. I stopped it and I, I deleted that app from my phone, but I was reading negative stuff that put me in a bad mood that, that made, pissed me oh, off, yeah. made me mad. And that's how I was starting my day. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's the mimicry that, that's out there, you know, is that um, everybody, you know, it's what you put, it's, it's not thinking grow rich, it's what you input, right, into your body. So if you're going to input positive things, that's how, you know, the outlook is going to be. Um, it's funny you say that, I call it circling the drain, um, because I think a lot of people are circling the drain right now, you know, yeah. and wanting to be, I mean, even Clubhouse, I'll give an example with Clubhouse, 
you know, when it came out, everybody's on it. I'm on it. I was on it last night, um, but I started feeling like I was circling the drain. And so I said, whoa, 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 hold on. You know, because of what I coach and what I do, I need to step back and say, let me do a reset here. Let me try to figure out um, what is my strategy on it? Instead of doing it for the sake of doing it, what is my strategy on it? Mm -hmm. And you've talked about gamification. I've talked about gamification, you know, and saying, okay, the only way I can be on Clubhouse is if I go for a walk first. Yes. Or I'm walking while I'm on Clubhouse, right? Um, habit have, yeah, yeah. And, and it's a habit, a, a positive habit to overcome a negative, you know, like, so it's for TV, like the only way I can do TV is if I go walk on my treadmill for half an hour or whatever, whatever yours is, even with my tea in the morning, I don't drink tea while it's cooking, you know, making in my Keurig, I'm doing push ups on my, on my uh, countertop, right? That's my win for being able to, to have my tea. Um, but when, when clubhouse came out that, gosh, you know, I'm circling the drain with that and I could get sucked in and the FOMO is, oh my gosh, everybody's on these calls and they're doing, you know, making money and, oh my gosh, there all these people are there and they're getting introduced to people. And, you know, so then I said, wait a minute, hold on. Is it money? Is it ego? Do I really want to make more money or is that going to make me happy? You know, and for me, that isn't the case. You know, making money is great, but it's not the end-all be-all for me. Uh, for other people, it might be, but it, that might be an ego stroke as well. So I had to sit back and say, okay, what's my strategy? You know, to, because I, I, here's the thing. In 2020, I think we were all paralyzed. It was like, we're pivoting, we're shifting, we're changing, we're adapting, we're, you know, creating offices in our homes that we didn't have before. We're doing all those things. And now it's hashtag get it done in 21. You've had the time. Now you got to take action. You got to figure out this is the new normal. It's not going back to normal. This is it. And yes, right. we will have these opportunities once we're born free to go out and and mingle with everyone again, but, but we've got to create the foundational habits right now for this new world, because we, we didn't have those habits when we came in and whatever habits you formed, are they the right ones, you know, to help you move forward? Yeah. Well said. Uh, somebody asked what clubhouse is clubhouse is, uh, it's this new, um, <laughs> it's kind of like how Facebook started where you had to be invited to it, you know, it makes it feel people, you know, it has got that whole, exclusivity feel so of course everybody wants to be doing it but um it's mainly you get in and you can look at different groups it's kind of like a reddit but it's all audio and so you can like listen to people you can yeah you just group. go into a little networking thing and it's only for iphone right now so so android people you know don't have access to it and like although a friend of mine said well i just bought a used ipad and i go okay well there's another market right i bought a used ipad so that i could be on clubhouse <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so we gotta get we gotta wrap it up soon here. We have a question. Divine uh, Ashion uh, got a question. One of those that are in, uh, one of those that are into networking businesses that have to be in contact with people and things that are trending. How will they resist forming bad habits? Yeah, I'm not sure I understand the question. Uh, bad habits. I mean, I, as soon as the question was asked, I thought B&I, right? I was just on the phone with one of my clients talking about her B&I and, you know, they're having to do it the video way. But um, I'm not sure what, what the question is around bad habits. So maybe you could just expand on that a little bit more. I see the question down at the bottom there. Yeah, yeah. Expand yeah, on I, that I, a little I, bit more. What do you mean by a bad habit? If, 
yeah, I'm not sure what that means. Um, unless you're yep. implying that the bad habit yeah. is audio is video. Yeah, click. Yeah, clarify that. Um, so while while he's doing that, so I, I like to always end with, um, you know, just speaking of habits. What is the one habit that you feel that you have been able to develop? Maybe it started out as a failure habit and you've now replaced it with a success habit that is building the momentum in your life and you wouldn't trade for the world and you want to share with others to say, trust me on this, you want to develop this habit. Yeah. Um, I, I hate to say it, but I have two. And I know you said one, but okay. So the first one is I do uh, Hell Alrod's um, Miracle Morning, and I've done that for probably twelve years. And so I would say the Miracle Morning, um, if you can develop that habit, because it gets you, you know, I get my head on straight. You get you get that checkup from the neck up, and yep. you get the um, physical as well before eight o'clock in the morning. So by eight o'clock, I've put in more time than most people have during the day. Now I'm not a five o'clocker. I know some people can do that. That's great. I get up at six thirty, but I know what I want to do and I get it done. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, I would say savers and miracle morning is probably one of the best habits that I have um, for that. Well. Um, but when it comes to me, like what is for me is. Um, I'm as good to myself as I am to my business. A lot of people are not as good to themselves as they are to their business. So I make sure I take care of me first mm -hmm. and my priorities. And as you know, having spoken with me before, you know, I feel that a life of values adds value everywhere in your life. So I would say, take a step back, figure out what your core values are, which you talk about. What are those core values? And sometimes that's hard to do. So the easier way to do it is say what I don't like. So if you don't like people who aren't honest, then honesty is a core value. If you don't, you know, so it, you, if you don't like people that aren't ethical, then eth being ethical is a core value. Um, if you like, want your family, faith, whatever. So lead by your core values. And uh, every decision I make every day goes back to my core value. Whether it's, you know, can you meet me and have a conversation with me? I don't know. Let me see if that fits my core values. So I'm, I lead with that so that my lifestyle is my priority. And this was way before COVID. This is the lesson I learned, you know, way back in my business when I was um, running around like a chicken with my head cut off. And, and uh, you know, I just decided, look, it's, I have to live my legacy while I'm building it. I'm not going to build my legacy and then die and not live my legacy. So that's what I'm trying to do is be as good to myself as I am to my business. Love it. That's those are two great habits. I'm glad you shared them both. And that actually I think one of them kind of answers Divine came back in to circle back with the rest of his question. And the way I'm understanding it, he's saying like comparing lifestyles, spending too much time on their phone, avoiding peer pressure. So I think what he's asking is if I understand correctly here, um, you know, if you're if you have to do it for your business and you're already like, you know, using, you're using these things and just by nature of, of being using all this technology, you start to develop these bad habits. How are you going to resist? You know, how, how can you not fall into the traps? Um, so I, if you want, I'll let you answer that or I can. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think both of us could, but I mean, it gets back to the whole clubhouse thing that I was saying is it's so easy to, to just go with the flow and get into things, different technology, different, everything, everything. I think it's important to do an analysis every day and step back and say, you know, and this is what Savers does, obviously. 
uh, through the Miracle Morning is to say, you know, it, what, what did I do yesterday? What am I going to do today? And does it align with my goals? And is it taking me down some rabbit hole and making right. me circle the drain? So it's a step back and an increase, an increased awareness of what you're doing. That's exactly it. Yes. Okay, good. So glad to hear that. We That was his question. So Right, just to kind of sum it up, it ties to your second habit. You're saying, you know, that 10,000 foot view, knowing what's important to you, knowing what your values are. I, I take it a step. I make sure, I'm sure you have this too, but putting things in writing, guys, is magical. If you just have stuff in your head, especially nowadays with so many things coming at you in a zillion directions from your phone to your TV to, you know, you got to have things in writing and you got to have them in a place that you can look. Every single morning, I have my top five habits that I'm working on. I also have my goals that I review regularly of like, this is where I want to go. And all that needs to be based on, like Jen was just saying, these core values, the things that are important to you. And then you say that that just makes it so easier to exclude the noise. Because when you know what's important to you, where you want to be, what you what what to focus on, then you're not constantly allowing yourself to go for that low hanging fruit over here. Or that low-hanging fruit over there. Yeah. You're just like, get out of here. You're 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 messing with my mojo. My <laughs> get off me, you monkey. You get off me. monkey. Yeah. So, well, so I think that's a good place to end it. Jen, thank you so much yeah. Yeah, for, for being on the show. This was fantastic. We went from real estate to stocks. We did we hit uh Personal Bitcoin, we hit GameStop. We, we did it all today. And then we ended <laughs> with with values, which is what it's all about. So thank you so much, my dear. Great seeing you. Let's thank let's you. keep in touch. Thanks for having me. Okay, all thank right. you. Thanks so everybody. Much. Bye, Take everybody. Care. Bye. That's it for today's episode of the Five Core Life Podcast with Will Moore, founder of More Momentum. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have not already, please make sure to subscribe and follow the podcast wherever you are listening or watching this so that you get notified when new episodes air every week. And if you have not joined the Five Core Life Facebook group, I encourage you to join that and see what all of the fuss is about. There's some awesome content designed to get your momentum going, including a monthly giveaway to win a complimentary coaching call with the Will Moore. The Facebook group is currently the only place to get Will's dedicated attention on your five core journey. If you're feeling stuck or just want someone to cheer you on, then that is the place you need to be. There's nothing like a community of people on the same journey to get you fired up, kicking butt, and taking names. So come join us. Get moving, gain momentum, join the movement. Join Emmett by going to moremomentum.com to take a free life evaluator quiz on where you currently stand in each of your five course.